feeling hungry. You're feeling very, very hungry, perhaps a little thirsty too. And that music can mean only one thing. It must be the last 2233 episode of the month dedicated to the food we eat. I remember once I decided to cook in the dorms. I made fajitas. And I said, okay, let me cook like one, two kilograms of chicken. So I'll eat tomorrow and the day after as well, and we share. But because people were smelling it in the dormitory, everyone ended up being in our dorms and like 16, 17 people eating all together. And then the, the, the food wasn't even enough after all. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange and food stories. This week... Mangoes aplenty, ketchup to the rescue, and just what the heck is this vegetarian hot dog made from? Join us on a journey around the world to tickle your taste buds. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Ooh, yes. One of the biggest things I'm going to miss are the mangoes. You can buy a mango here in the U.S., but I promise you it is not as good as the ones in India. We import them from all over India here, but honestly, the the ones that are the best are the ones you can get in India. And the reason I can say that for a fact is because the ones that you get in the grocery store, I would buy them, and okay, maybe it's just my mind saying that these mangoes aren't as good. But when I went to an Indian grocery store here in the U.S., there was a... a basket of mangoes sitting there and I said okay are these American mangoes or are these Indian mangoes and I said you know what I'll buy one we'll see and kid you not exactly the same as in India and so I said okay there's something they know which ones are the best ones you can buy mangoes for the price of apples here it's just so they're so abundant and there's a peak season in May where it's just they're almost paying you to take these mangoes because there's so many of them We like our food spicy. We like a lot of chilies, a lot of other spices, herbs in our in our uh, biryani or in our uh, beef curry or you know uh, chicken curry. Our food is basically masala and oil. <laughs> so when I first went to the U.S., um, I was kind of like thinking, "Hey, I'm gonna have like uh, McDonald's all the time," you know. Those are good, <laughs> you know, uh, because we don't have McDonald's in our country. We always fancied uh, burgers uh, when I was in uh, Bangladesh. So when I went to the States and all of a sudden I ended up uh, in Iowa, in the southern part where you can have some sort of like Mexican influence. So it's the, the food was basically bland and uh, having bland food, you know, making me sick 
and I don't mean physical sickness. I mean uh, it's more of a psychological because I was not getting any uh, taste. My taste buds were basically getting lazy, you know. <laughs> so what I used to do is I used to love uh, French fries and and I used to uh, enjoy hamburger and other things. The reason I enjoyed those is because I used to put ketchup in everything. So tomato ketchup was my savior. I used to use ketchup on hot dogs. I used to use ketchup on hamburgers. I used to use ketchup on everything that you can think of, even with rice. <laughs> so at one point, my uh, host mom was like, oh, how, how are you doing that? That's uh, you. <laughs> and I... I, uh, I I was telling her that well, how can you eat this like tasteless food and I, I now look at myself and I see that after coming back now I am trying to get rid of uh, this all this spicy and oily food and I'm trying to like I'm kind of like missing those blend food that I used to have when, when I was in the US. One morning, I missed my breakfast because I woke up late. So my host mom was out there in the garage, the car, uh, the engine running, and I had to just run, get into the car. She was kind of upset that I I was being lazy. And then I ended up uh, in school and no breakfast. So I was uh, kind of like a little sad, not because I was hungry, because, uh, you know, I, I don't care about food that much. But I was kind of sad because, uh, you know, I kind of like let my host mom down. My friend, uh, uh, who, who David, he came uh, and he was a janitor uh, who already helped me uh, in my, in my, with my SAT test. So David came and David uh, is like, hey, why are you sad? And, I, and then I tell him the whole story. And then David is like, hey, you know what? Come on in. I, I got a corn dog. I'll, I'll get you a corn dog. So he gets me to his uh, office and hands me over a corn dog. And I'm like halfway through this corn dog. And all of a sudden, I realize that the meat does not taste like beef, does not taste like chicken. It tastes like something else. So I ask David, is there meat in this corn dog? David looks at me uh, with disbelief and he says, you never had a corn dog? Of course, corn dog has meat in it. And I'm like, what kind of meat is it? And he says, yeah, it's pork. As a, as a Muslim, I'm not allowed to eat pork. I, I've never had pork. So having that, I mean, I'm halfway through that corn dog. And also being a Muslim, I'd never ever waste my food so i knew that this half eaten corn dog nobody's gonna eat it and i didn't say anything to david david was asking me why anything wrong and i said no no it's all, all good i finished the corn dog and as i was uh, getting up i thanked david and then i told him that you know david i'm a muslim and he's like yeah i know you're a muslim did you know that Muslims cannot have pork? And then David just realized what he did and he was so apologetic and he was just saying sorry. And I said, you helped me, you helped, you, 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 you knew that I was hungry, you gave me food. 
in my religion, if you're in like dire need, you can eat anything. So that's okay. <laughs> I just didn't want to, uh, you know, waste the food because, uh, you know, like it was your food. If I wasted it, I would feel bad. Uh, you would feel bad. So I didn't want to do that. But thank you for sharing that food with me. After that, I, I, I actually uh, made some jokes with... Uh, whenever I talked with David, I, I made jokes about that day. Yeah, it embarrasses him a little bit. I love, love, love Chinese food. And I think what was interesting was like, I was very much used to the US standard of Chinese food. Granted, I grew up, I, or sorry, I was born in California. So my mom has like, my mom loves different types of Asian cuisine. I've grown up eating different types of Asian cuisine, but it's hard to find, especially Chinese food, it's hard to find authentic Chinese food in the States. I think what's very fascinating was that there's so many different types of Chinese food. China, in China, like there's Sichuan food, there's Uyghur food, which is like Muslim Chinese food. There's, you know, um, Yunnan food. Then there's like Hong Kong food is like t completely different, you know? What, one of the places that we love to go is like, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of Muslim noodle restaurants in China all over. And I don't eat pork, so those are usually like my go-to uh, places. And I didn't even know, I, I was, I, I, I did eat pork while I was there just because I didn't want to limit myself from trying things, but I didn't even know that there'd be an opportunity for me to, you know, have something that catered specifically to my diet. I would say a Uyghur restaurant and lamb. Their lamb's like impeccably spiced. Some type of lamian, some type of hot noodle, uh, like freshly pulled noodle, but that's spicy, a fish. The breads and yogurts are really good too. And then rice, obviously. And then eat old chopsticks. <laughs> also, yeah, I had to become, I was already good at chopsticks, um, but I had to become much better at using chopsticks. And I love everything in China's fi family style. You know, nobody orders their own dish. You always order to share, which I wish we did in the States more. I think that's, I'm, a, I'm such an indecisive person that it's great because literally everybody orders one thing, but we're all sharing. So you get like six different things. When I was uh, with my host family, I wanted to try this vegan hot dog and everyone was saying it's not so good. I tried it and the sausage was really weird because <laughs> when I did the first bite, the taste was, was not so bad, it was okay. But when I saw the sausage was a little bit green and I didn't know if it was uh, <laughs> if it was bad meat or real vegan and I had to ask and it, it was real vegan it was something with vegetables I really love burgers and I really love the burgers that you make here the best burger you can get <laughs> actually i mean because we only have like uh, fast food brands and that that stick and shake was kind of more traditional burgers you can feel the taste that is not like too much because everything is artificial in some way so it was like more natural and you feel like a really good taste 
And then like a really weird experience that we had is because we actually, a lot of us had it. It's one so that is called root, no, root something, root beer or root beer. So we never tasted that before. So <laughs> when we try it, we said that it was like toothpaste. <laughs> it tastes like toothpaste for us because we are like, oh, we're we're drinking toothpaste. We said because it tastes like the toothpaste that we are that we use. We had one dinner on a sailboat, on one of the traditional sailboats. I forget the name of what it was, um, but one of the ones that's been sailing, you know, that style's been sailing the Nile for centuries. And that was just an amazing food moment. Another one, one of my favorites that really comes to mind is when we were in one of those just regular, you know, working class parts of Cairo, um, Zainab took me to lunch, uh, and it was a koshari place. Uh, they have this this food called koshari, which uh, is a combination of rice and pasta and tomatoes and garlic and lime and vinegar and garbanzos. It's kind of a funny melange of things um, that's really, really popular. It's like, it's like fast food in Egypt. But we went to this koshari place looking out on this little neighborhood square and I was the only one in anywhere near there who was from anywhere other than that part of Cairo. I don't know. There was something about that experience that eating koshari there for lunch that just made me feel like I really was being welcomed into Cairo as if I lived there. So I have I have uh, winged it making koshari on my own at home, but it's not the same as sitting in that spot there. I didn't realize how present the Irish, the, the Great Famine, and also the legacy of poverty and oppression in Ireland, how present that is today in 2019. And I love food. You know, I have a history supporting small, diversified farms. I love farmers markets, local ingredients, all that stuff. So I was really curious about learning more about Irish food culture and how the bogs might intersect. And I was talking to this uh, food historian in Ireland. You know, I said, like, sometimes when I come over and go back to the U.S., people want to know, like, what's the most, like, quintessential Irish meal? If I go, what should I try? And, okay, you have, like, bacon and cabbage and stuff. But there isn't, like, a long list of amazing Irish dishes that you can share. And so I was kind of, like, asking him, what am I missing? I must be, like, out of the loop or something. And he said, well, what you're missing is the fact that Irish food culture is based in survival, not in celebration. So if you think about Spanish or Italian food culture and these, like, gorgeous, sometimes delicate things or things that you know, take time to prepare or that you only eat a little bit of them. Irish food culture has been about getting enough and surviving because they were oppressed for hundreds of years. They suffered a famine, but that famine was so devastating because they were already on the brink of poverty 
because of the oppression. So yeah, some of my my inquiries took me down this road of like exploring poverty and oppression in Ireland in a way, you know, in moments I wasn't expecting. When you ask like, what dish should I make? It's like, well, potatoes, because we were surviving for so long. Twenty two thirty three is produced by the Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name's Christopher Worst. I'm the director of the Collaboratory. Twenty two thirty three is named for Title Twenty Two, Chapter Thirty Three of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. In this episode, our taste buds were tempted by Ahmed Afotihi, Kayla Huemer, Munif Khan, Abena Amwako, Victor Ayala, Steve Coleman, and Emily Toner. We thank them for their stories and their willingness to try new things. For more about ECA exchanges, check out eca.state.gov. We encourage you to subscribe to 2233. You can do so wherever you find your podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Did you know that complete episode transcripts can be found at our webpage at eca.state.gov slash 2233. And now you can follow us on Instagram at 2233stories. Special thanks this week to everybody for sharing their food stories, delicious or otherwise. I did the interviews and edited this segment. Featured music during this segment was Rio Pakistan by Dizzy Gillespie and Stuff Smith. Music at the top of each food episode is Monkeys Spinning Monkeys by Kevin McLeod, and the end credit music, as always, is Two Pianos by Tagirlius. Until next time. <laughs>